this? Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope Meets Chris Watch Cartoons, an animated podcast for Geeky Girl Experience. I'm Hope Mullinax, and I make my friend Chris Honeywell watch my favorite animated shows in this episode. After Agents Power and Trigger take Stan into custody, Dipper and Mabel begin to water, wonder how much they actually know about their Grunkle Stan. We're talking about my personal favorite episode of Gravity Falls, Not What He Seems This Week. Hey, Chris! Hey! What's up? Oh, Hope, I gotta get you on more... I gotta get you on more conspiracy theory stuff. It's not that I wasn't impressed with this episode. Just, I was built up to... I was. I thought that I was gonna learn a lot more. Why? The mystery is the author, and we found out the author. Uh, sort of, yeah. Well, the mystery... Well, well, nah, the mystery isn't the author. The mystery is what the hell is going on? <laughs> to me. I... You know, to you, to you, a, but the, the actual yeah, the, author, the... the author's a part in the puzzle of what's to going on. So we got we got big pieces of the puzzle in this episode. That is the central question of the show was who is the author? Like that that was the central question up to this point. So everything going forward is just now new. Like because like like this was like the turning point of the show because this had that had been the driving question. And now going forward, it was just, everything was just like, well, now we have the author. What does it mean? And also Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the stuff that I thought was the, the the question being begged was what is going on in Gravity Falls and what 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 is the explanation for all the weird stuff going on? Did you like the episode? Oh, I love the episode. Okay, yeah. good, good. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I didn't not like the episode. It's just that, uh. Yeah, it's just it's just a big piece in the puzzle, and that that's it. So so nothing was answered for me. As a matter of fact, it just it does what any good story does at this point. It it just it, you know one question that gets answered just opens up all the other questions. So I want to ask you a question, and then I want to tell you something because you had been thinking that it was Stan's like lost girlfriend or wife. So were you surprised to see that it was a brother? I didn't no, I didn't no I thought I thought Stan would be going after I thought that somehow he'd lost a girlfriend or a wife maybe he he and the author or the author had been messing around and somehow through their messing around he lost his girlfriend so that's what I thought was a possibility so I thought that was something he was after not necessarily the the author of the book I knew McGucket I knew McGucket was a red herring as the book author but uh yeah, no, it just it begs the question of why do Dipper and Mabel's parents not realize that that's not <laughs> Stan Pine on the phone with them talking to them when they send their kids to stay with them? <laughs> that will be answered next question next next episode. Okay, because that that's a big thing to to me is like okay, so he's not even related to to Mabel and Dipper. Do you, do you want me to to go ahead and tell you? No. Okay, cool, cool. I want to find out naturally. Okay, okay, yeah. I know you want to tell me. No, 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 but... I was just going to let you know, like, that, that's addressed, because I, because they didn't say the author's name, I have not named the author anywhere in my notes, because yeah, it is part of the... the could be Stan Pines, for all we know. You know, he could have taken his brother's place, and Stan Pines was the good brother, and, or, yeah, yeah, and... And whatever Homer Pines or Fred Pines or whatever Stan's original name was, was the the black sheep of the family. So they could still be related. So that could that he could just have been doing an impression of his brother since they do look incredibly alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to say, Chris, you called this in our very first episode of this podcast. Did I? And you said it so offhandedly. Like you were, it was your very first predictions corner. You were just kind of I like. I said it's offhandedly. I don't even remember what I said. So you're going to have to refresh my memory on what I, uh, what I said exactly. Your very first prediction, like, you know, of course in the end, like Stan gets behind the vending machine. So you were just kind of speculating. You're like, you were like, well, maybe he has some sort of like weirdness, but like portal machine, maybe he has this and that. And you were just talking and very offhandedly you went, I don't know, maybe Stan has a long lost brother or something. And then you kept talking, and you never came back to it. 
Well, yeah, because it was just like it was just something that my head was rattling out. That's how it works, so you know. <laughs> I about so had, had a heart attack. Going, you had to sit there going like ah, nah, 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 on that one. I about yeah. had a damn heart attack, Chris. <laughs> I I never said I wasn't good. I know, but it like the moment you said, I almost screamed. I remember I like I had to put my hand over my mouth, and I was like, "Don't make a sound. Don't." don't breathe so like ever since then yeah. like every time you were just like talking about the girlfriend i was like yes fall for the girlfriend <laughs> fall for it i'm i you know i mean my brain is going through a combination of like conspiracy theory tropes and just story tropes you know what would <laughs> what would motivate somebody to want to open up a portal it's got to be something noble because it's a kid show he's not trying to take over the world and stuff and that's why I didn't have any tension in the show as to like, oh, is Stan really a bad guy? Because I know they're not going to go, you know, they, they weren't going to go there with that. And I think that the way they handled it was just really nice. It was, it was, this was, this is a really well-written episode. Well, you ready to get into it? I am. Obviously I am. I'm, I was just realizing, oh, geez, we're getting into the story already and we're not even... <laughs> So we're going to do this episode the same way that we did um, the season one finale, because I know like all we're going to talk about is the ending if we were just talking freeforming. So we're just going to go like beat by beat through the episode, just so you guys know, listeners. So <clears throat> not what he seems is the 31st episode of Gravity Falls, and it aired on March 9th, 2015. It was written by a really big writing team of Alex Hirsch, Jeff Rowe, Josh Weinstein, Shion Takeuchi, Matt Chapman and Zach Pies. The director was Steven Sandoval, and the storyboard artists were Alonzo Ramirez-Ramos, Dana Terrace, Sabrina Catugno, and Luke Weber. Some extra information for you. The backwards whisper at the end of the theme song is different this time. It says the words, not what he seems. So last episode, Old Man McGucket had a computer that had a countdown of 21 hours. There were 21 days between the last episode and this episode airing. So the fan site, The Mystery of Gravity Falls, had a countdown, and this website was approved to do this by Alex Hirsch. However, the site didn't account for daylight savings time, so the count was off by one hour. Once it hits zero, it showed a stilled image of, the, of an image. I can't talk. It showed a picture of Caprank. <laughs> it showed an image of Caprank, and that image is still there if you look up this website. So The majority of Gravity Falls is animated in Korea. But starting with this episode to the end of the series, major key scenes were animated in America. I couldn't find anything to specify why, but I can only assume this is going to help to hide spoilers. That's the only thing I could think of of why they would do that. The reveal of Stan's brother was animated by Owl House creator Dana Terrace, and the key scenes were done by Amphibia creator Matt Braley. Alex Hirsch confirmed the identity of the author had been planned since the show was initially pitched to Disney. Originally, the title was of this episode was going to be Stan Returns, but it was changed because Hirsch thought that would give away the ending. Originally, Dipper and Mabel were going to escape from the government agents using the president's key from, from the episode Irrational Treasure, but it was changed to make the episode fit the time constraints. And finally, Alex Hirsch, as well as me and actually a lot of fans, you, when you see the show get its episodes ranked, Alex Hirsch considers this the best episode of the series. Mm. I don't know. I'm still partial to the Bill Cipher episode. I don't think I'm going to be able to judge till the till the bitter end. This and the Bill Cipher one are definitely my top two. I I think for me, and I'll talk about this when we get to the end. It was just the the like the validation of like three years worth of fan theories. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is I didn't have to go through any of that. <laughs> yeah, like this had like just – well, we'll talk about it. Huh. As always, Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons is broken into parts. Part one will be story themes and character. Part two will be Dipper's journal entry. Part three will be the Cypher's Corner in connections to previous episodes. And part four will be Chris's Speculation Corner. So, Chris, what was your favorite parts of the episode? The firework called The Lawsuit Maker. <laughs> yes! <laughs> And and Yumberjack's restaurant. <laughs> yes, very much so. Did you see that uh, the, one of the books on Stan's shelf was called Scams A to Z? Yes, it was. Yes, I did. <laughs> and it was right at a part where he was talking about how 
how Stan had to be honest <laughs> as he was pushing aside the book that said scams A to Z. <laughs> was that your only uh, favorite parts? That's all I got. All right. Well, mine um, is right at the beginning, which is was was Mabel's line of, I was just opening doors because I'm a creep. <laughs> and then I've always liked when the police officers were like, is it a rock or a face? I think it's a metaphor. And probably one of my favorite lines of the entire series, because I've actually said this line before, which is, it's the final countdown, just like they always sung about. <laughs> yeah, and they could probably couldn't copyright, didn't want to pay for the copyright for Probably. But but honestly, my favorite part of this episode is the entire final seven minutes. That final seven minutes is my favorite part of all of Gravity Falls. Um, we're going to break it down point by point because I sure have a fuck ton to say about it. <laughs> I think I have like a page and a half of just the final seven minutes. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the whole show is just a lead up to the final seven minutes. Basically, yeah. the final seven minutes is where really all the story gets told everything else is just is plot <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um uh, and i do think that to, to me like this is to me this is like the height of the series but that's just me because i like i just like i said i had so many emotional connections to this episode of like waiting three years for this reveal so <laughs> anyway let's get into it so we start with the opening scene and stan is activating the portal and the gravity starts to shift my question on you is, was that the moment, like, because I remember the first time I saw that, I was just like, oh, it's like the theme song. That's why it's called Gravity Falls. Well, well I'll get more into with the, in my predictions. Mm. And then we go into the rooftop fireworks party and the water balloon fight. So in like kind of these opening scenes, did you have any like thoughts or anything about all that? Well, the the water balloon fight was like... That that was Stan's like last. He was getting in his last hurrah. I felt that way too. And so he was just like, I'm just gonna relax and sort of bask in this before I get the kids mad at me. <laughs> and I think that scene does a really good job of summarizing Stan's relationship to the kids up to that point because he's so like drastically different now versus who he was in the opening episodes where he was a lot colder and infirm and not like warm. And like here he's like absolutely warm and he's loving and he's just part of their lives. Yeah. Because he's getting what he wants too. <laughs> he's happy because he's getting what he wants too. So that's yeah. <laughs> true. Cause this is the scene where he has his cake and he's eating it too. Yeah. He's, re he's, he's finally relaxing a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he's been working all the, like, you know, Got the portal. Years or something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the agents swarm in, and they take Stan. <laughs> I just have to say I like that Mabel was very much aware that her uncle shoplifts tangerines, because <laughs> he would. Just, he shoplifts the occasional tangerine, but he's not a master criminal. I think Stan would take exception to that, too. I mean, he'd be like, I'm kind of a master criminal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I'm a master? I... I will talk more about that next week. Because <laughs> I have a lot of feelings on Stan Pines, but I can't really talk about them at the moment. So what did you think about the, the whole agent scene? Because, like, for me, like, I wish the agents did more up to this point. Like, I know they've been in the background a lot, but we haven't had much time with them, even though they've been in almost every episode. I think they like them as side characters. They're just sort of good. They're, they're better than your average generic FBI agents. It's great having a fake G. Gordon Liddy for one. Like they're like G. Gordon Liddy mixed with the Men in Black. No, I'm I'm fine with them. They're they're right in their place in this kind of story. It, we'll we'll get a I I get a feeling we'll get a little more into them because at some point they're going to be they'll they'll be allying with the kids and Stan. They'll all be working together eventually. Otherwise, Stan's going to be on the run from the FBI for the rest of his life. He's going to save somebody's life. And, you know, at the end, they'll, they'll be a truce and they'll be like, all right, Pines, <laughs> we're keeping our eye on you, though. But, you know, or something like that. But, yeah. The last thing I liked about that scene was just Wendy coming to work and just like, I'm going to work. Nope. 
but even still the place having helicopters she was it was still like it was just like i'll just go home and see what's go you know wait this out it's not too different from regular life or too unexpected yeah i mean she's fought a shapeshifter that had her own face and stabbed him with an axe you know helicopters around (laughs) the mystery shack is not out of the ordinary was she in the government agent scene in the first episode? Because I know Seuss was there because he gave them swag, but I can't remember if she was in that scene now that I think I don't about it. Think so. I don't think it got. I don't think it even got inside the. It was all sort of outside the. It was yeah. As far as they got was the gift shop, and they didn't get much further past that. Hmm. Anyway. So then we move on to Stan being interrogated by the agents in the police station, and then Stan calls Seuss at the Yumberjacks drive-through. <laughs> And I just love Seuss's line of time for a repair guy to become a repair man. <laughs> and then he eats the French fries with the toy in it. He gets fed the French fries. <laughs> Put it in my mouth. <laughs> I have to say, like, in a COVID time when I'm just seeing people like that close, because I like even when I go through a drive through, I wear a mask because I'm still within six feet of a person in a drive through. And and when I saw that, I was like, no, don't touch each other. No, get away. Uh, COVID's really fucked us all up, didn't it? Yep. All right, so now we're starting to get into more of the plot stuff. The kids are taken by Agent Trigger, and they're driving away, and they cause an accident, and then they escape Agent Trigger. So in this scene... I love Manly Dan being a fan of several times, and when they get dissed, he just has this, like, feral just, no, and rams his truck into them. He's murder, yeah, he goes into a murderous, literal murderous rage where he's going to kill two little kids in the backseat of a car with his lumber truck. But just that, like, feral no scream, and I'm like, that's amazing. So this is where trust starts coming into the episode, which is a callback to the very first episode. In the very first episode, Dipper reads in the journal, don't trust anyone. And trust has been a theme throughout the show up to this point. Stan's told him that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and also there's a theme of loyalty, too. Seuss is the loyalty and the kids are the trust side of it. Yes, very much so. So Trigger starts getting through to Dipper and saying that he doesn't know Stan, and you can see that doubt starting to creep into Dipper. They actually do a really good job of animating Dipper in the shadows, like because there's a shadow across his face. So half it, Dipper's face is his face is light, and half the face is shadow. And I also like that too because there's always that childhood moment when you go from trusting all adults to realizing that not all adults can be trusted. And that hits doubly hard when it's your family, that when you realize you can't always trust members of your family. So there's a lot of, like, like it's a growing moment. It's a growing moment for Dipper, realizing, like, you know, people are not always what he seemed, and now he's starting to doubt Stan, who is supposed to be their guardian and their family member. Yep. Feel free to jump in, because I, I pretty much wrote a fucking essay on this episode. <laughs> Dipper's in the mode, so he's he's ready for anybody to be a and Stan is a is a prime candidate for Dipper's suspicion, <laughs> and he should be. So uh, everything that happened there, like all, made perfect sense from all their characters' point of views. It was just really well done. The only thing I wanted to note because in the next scene, because this was the scene where the gravity anomalies start getting stronger, and McGucket is packing up his raccoon wife. I just love when Tyler get them guys just like, oh, baby size earthquake. (laughs) I really hope Tyler and Manly Dan are a thing because they're always seen together and like uh, they they hang out a lot. And I really hope that they are a thing because Wendy needs a cute little gay stepdad. They they would be they they would be they would be some kind of gay stereotype, though. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they were together in the bar when and I think it was yeah, it was the wax the wax people bar, the wax people. When they went in there, Manly Dan was doing the like the fist things, like Tyler was behind him going, Get him, get him, hee 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 and like <laughs> so but they're constantly together in scenes and then in the background mm-hmm. and stuff. Maybe. Maybe. So we get back to the mystery shack and the kids sneak in and they go into Stan's office and they find out proof and all that stuff. So what did you think of how of, of that scene of them finding like this, that Stan Pines is dead and they find the fake IDs and the Antelabit who I just love the words Antelabit. <laughs> it wasn't too surprising. 
at that point I was just like, okay, we're we're getting it set up. Was it was it a big revelation to me? Especially since they were doing the gag of they were verbalizing every thing that every accusation is stand and then getting evidence to back it up <laughs> like right after they verbalized it. So the, I, I don't want to say I saw that gag coming, but it was a it was a, a, a predictable gag in the you know, I think what scams A to Z was like almost a setup to that. Yeah, my my kind of tiny notes from that scene was, of course, I like the Antle app, but like I said, and I like when they're watching on the thing, uh, the video and Stan's like, wait, I'm alone. I can swear for real. Son of. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that Mabel figures out the vending machine. Because, like, Dipper is so in his head sometimes that sometimes he can't see the obvious. He's overthinking it, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a nice little moment for her. But, like, getting more into, like, the character work of that scene, this is the part of the episode where I think all the... Another part of the episode where all the work thus far with Stan and the twins come into play. Because I kept saying, like, Stan didn't spend as much time with Dipper over the course of the first season and a half. And he has spent all this time with Mabel. And Mabel is trying so hard to rationalize that her uncle is innocent because they have this bond and they have this connection. But we see, especially like when the newspaper comes into play that Stan is dead, Dipper's logic starts kind of kicking into Mabel a little bit. And Mabel starts doubting and Dipper's starting to get mad. But like the belief in it was like you were saying, like the, the trust is there. Well, Mabel had Mabel still needed something, and that and that they, that was the picture of of them down in in his secret area. So the secret area is where Stan Pine's the the real Stan Pine is being himself, and he had a picture of Dipper and Mabel in there. So that was enough evidence for Mabel. Actually, it was for me when I was watching it. It's like okay, so Stan is you know Stan is obviously attached to the kids because he's got the got his most important project in the world, and he's got the kids' picture there. So that's all Mabel needed. Once she saw that, she was just like, yeah, he, he, you know, he, he isn't faking his, his affection for us. Yeah. So then we move on to Stan's escape from jail, which is one of the best animated sequences of the show up to this point. Yeah, they totally are uh, doing a play on Inception in that one, I thought, in that scene. I can see that. It, it reminded me a lot of Inception, where you have sort of a little limited time period period where things get wacky it was a different thing you know but it was still sort of a, a suspended gravity thing and using it to escape or or do something it was really and it also another chance to show stan in superhero stan mode yeah oh yeah i i i think that's why i like about that scene too because it shows like a quick brief instant of how smart and how capable he is and the entire scene is gorgeous. Like the red color wash from about this moment to the end of the show is just so beautiful. That sunsetting motif. <laughs> I love just the line of when he runs outside and, and the cab drives away and Agent Powers is just like, he's getting away. Obviously, follow that cab. Because <laughs> that's such a fun play on tropes right there. I, I really like that scene yep. too. All right, let's break down this finale point by point where I have a page and a half of notes. Here we go. <laughs> Sue says loyalty. So the kids come back and Seuss is guarding the vending machine because he has this 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 command from from him and Seuss has to face his loyalty against his morals because he wants to be loyal to Stan, who is his father figure and he cares for him, but he doesn't want to hurt Dipper and Mabel as he is like refusing to fight them. And that scene at like still gives me like little twinges because like they're they don't want to hurt Seuss either. And I think that's like what makes that scene so sometimes like tough to watch. And they do a good job keeping it comical, but like it's still hard because none of them, they all love each other. None of them wants to fight the other. Yeah, that's that's the, the essence of drama right there. Conflicting motivations mm -hmm. and characters who aren't at odds with each other be becoming at odds with each other. Yeah. And so the door opens and they descend down into the bunker where everything starts to unravel. As you were saying, even in Stan's secret bunker, like Mabel has this photo and she's like, I don't know what's going on, but Stan loves us. And that's what matters. But I think everything changes when Dipper finds the other two journals, because that's when the truth comes out that Stan has been lying to them. The trust is broken, especially with Dipper. 
Well, Dipper's also a little mad and jealous that he's got the other two books that he's wanted to get his hands on all the time, too. D- Dipper's conflicted in, in several different ways. You know, he's got good reasons to be mad, and at the other point, he's probably a little mad that Stan was ahead of him on the whole curve of what and wasn't letting him in on it. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, with Mabel, because she, I, I think she loves Stan, but she, I think this is where she kind of gets on Dipper's side a little bit, because Stan had every chance to tell them in the season one finale about this journal, because they took that moment of trust to trust in Stan and go, we found this journal in the woods, we wanted to share this with you. And so that was a moment for her and her uncle and to share. And that trust was then broken because he didn't reciprocate that and say, I have the other two journals. Of course, because he has this whole master yeah. plan and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. But from like a kid's point of view, like, yeah. that's a lot. Like, that, that probably hurt her. And my God, I just have to say, from this moment on, the music is so good in the final eight minutes. Like, Brad Breek really went out of all out on this score. Like, this is the score of this episode is so good. All right. So they they start to shut down secrets, right? And Stan comes into the room. And that moment has so much tension because Dipper and Seuss are just glaring Stan down. And Mabel looks so scared and unsure about everything in this moment. But just the way that Dipper and Seuss are stare, like glaring down Stan. Oh, oh, it hurts me, Chris. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many feelings. I'm sorry. Did you ever at any point in this episode notice Mabel's sweater? Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed it. It's the key. She's wearing yeah. the key because she's the key to the final scene and everything rides on her. I mean, they, they float her up in the air like an anime character. I thought she was going to I thought the cliffhanger was going to be she was going to get sucked through the portal. That's what I thought was going to be in, in the, the end of the episode. So they got me on that. I, again, as like they're confronting Stan and he comes in, I think this is where Stan spending more time with Mabel than Dipper really comes in because like their relationship is key to that. I don't, I, I don't know if it would even be a matter of that. Cause remember the stakes are Dipper's got his magic, uh, magic um, black light and the, the stakes are the, the universe getting destroyed. So yeah, if they'd spend more time, if they'd spend more time together, you know, there's the risk that Dipper might've been, Dipper's not as uh, doesn't bounce back as well as Mabel either. He might have been more hurt if he'd been actually closer to Uncle Uncle Stan and uh, that's a good point. And had their had their had his trust broken because he still would have had his trust broken because <laughs> Mabel did too. <laughs> he still would have been keeping the same secrets. They just would have been like even closer bonded. So it's hard hard to say hard to make a call on that one for me. Yeah. Okay, so then the portal starts to open, right? And we're in the final minute, and they all start to float. And my God, Chris, it still hurts me every time and, like, just makes my heart sore. Seuss choosing to fight Stan, who is his father figure, who he adores and he loves because Seuss puts it on himself that his new mission is to protect the children, which is, we've seen this ever since the Legend of the Gobblewonker episode. From episode two, Seuss has been ready to throw down for these kids. But now, again, as you were saying, like, it's drama. He's fighting a man who he sees as his father. See, I think I think Seuss would throw down for any kids. Like, I think that's just built into Seuss. But, you know, he's also emotionally attached to these kids because he started from right at the beginning when he didn't even know him. He was just like two kids. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll stand up for him because I'm bigger than for, bigger than them. But now they're like family, so now it's like him standing up for family. He and he's called them like in um in the episode Blinden's game where they go back in time to Seuss's birthday. Like he's like, wow, like you guys did all that for me. Like why am I worried about my father who never cared about me when right. you guys went through time and space for me? Like you guys are my family. He had to look at his hierarchy of it and go like these stands his family and the kids are his family, but stands on a kid. So the kids trump, protect the kid trumps everything. Yeah, but it still hurts me. No, that's good drama that make it when you put somebody in that situation. It's easy drama to have Seuss attacking a bad guy. We've seen him eat a whole summer bean trickster. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's just way more dramatic when you have everybody at odds, but not at odds. And yeah, it's it's very good. And then Dipper gets in there and starts fighting with Stan. Oh, but then everything freezes when Mabel starts to cry. 
and we've noticed this before. It's just like how everyone always rallies behind Mabel. It, like we saw this in Land Before Swine. We saw this in other ones. Because everyone stops because she's the heart. And her heart is breaking. And she starts crying. And everything freezes in that moment. <sighs> and then we have the shooting star. <laughs> she, this is my favorite moment of the entire series. So she has this moment where... Stan is just pretty much begging her and she's about there's five seconds left she's about to hit this button and she chooses her love for her uncle and everything comes down to trust which was the theme of the very first episode of trust no one and she chose love and trust over logic and believed in him in that moment and just the silence of that moment with her against the background of the stars and then Mabel ascends and people fans call that her shooting star moment because Bill has nicknames pine tree question mark shooting star. Right. So people say that that's when she becomes the shooting star and it's gorgeous. That one instant where she is just floating with the stars behind her in this rainbow circle and she's just suspended in the air. Yeah. It is my favorite image like when i think of gravity falls that's the moment i think of i think of that moment and it just ah it means so much to me it's an important moment because it's it's written down and you know like it's the shooting star so it has some sort of significance in the whole story in the whole plot of what's going on my god the music in that scene because like the music's so strong and it's building slowly and then it just for for an instant it goes silent when she goes i trust you and it's quiet until it ramps very suddenly back up again when the, when the portal explodes like ah oh, brad beaked it so good in this episode i i wanted to read this line though from Bry kaiser who was doing recaps over on the Mary Sue, this stood out to me and it really summarized well what I thought about this scene because I could write essays about this scene. And they said, Meanwhile, Mabel, a character who is often defined by her impulsiveness, took this important moment to consider what she knew and how things look and the gravity of the situation and still chose trust. It's the hardest, most dangerous decision of the show. That scene reveals the show's thematic cards and how much the mystery elements are ultimately less important than the exploration of bonds and sacrifice for the sake of family. But they get their cake and eat it, too, because her hitting the stop button would have messed up the mystery. <laughs> but that's the, as a viewer, you don't want her to hit the button, but you do want her to hit the it's you you're, they put you right in the same situation as her. So it's genuinely it would have been genuinely surprising no matter what she did in that situation. So it was it was it was an amazing moment. Walk me through the final moment. So everything crashes down, the smoke clears, and now the portal walks Stan's brother, the author of the journal. So like what did you think of that reveal? Like I said at the beginning, it's uh, uh answers one question and, and starts begging other ones. So this was actually something I was really interested in like me versus you cuz you you know, you've been, I don't want to say binge, but you've been watching this regularly. You didn't have the long hiatuses or anything like that. Do you think that this moment would have hit you differently if you have had those long hiatuses between episodes? Maybe, maybe. I don't know how lot like I don't know how involved. It depends on whether I got involved in the in the speculation and stuff in between. Knowing me, probably not. I usually usually am not very into any of that stuff. Uh, of of speculation and trying to figure it out even though they were leaving breadcrumbs and stuff i've never like never wanted to like i don't want to know i don't want to know i want to be there for the reveal you know what i mean i want to be there in the moment of the show that that's why they do it is for the show although if you do do puzzles on the side that's part of it and stuff like that but that that never would have appealed but like it's from your notes. I'm sort of gathering that a lot of people thought it was going to be Stan's brother, who was the author of the book and stuff like that. So it was there was actually a contingent. Yeah, and so yeah, that that was the thing I was actually very interested in. Um, I like that though that you you don't care about the journey, you just care about the destination. <laughs> Get me to that destination. No, it's uh, no no. I mean, the show is a journey too. It's, I don't want to figure out what happens ahead in the show. <laughs> you know, I, I will. I, I'll speculate because I've got a human brain. You have a whole corner of this podcast for speculation. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's what your your brain does. But like, I enjoy being in the moment of anything—a book, a movie, anything. I like being there and ex- almost living it like reality. And and for the most part, a lot of times, spe- like speculation can be a lot of fun, but it could also it could also screw you up, <laughs> especially if you get invested in in your speculation. And you could end up getting disappointed. And for reference, I I, I did the whole Star Wars. I was just going to say the whole Star Wars fandom, but so yeah, you're right. This the Stan's brother theory was one of the most prominent theories. There was kind of whispers of it, but when Carpet Diem came out, which I'll get to in a minute in my notes, like that's when it really ramped up. That like okay, like the Stan must have a twin brother or something out there, or something similar to it. And it ramped up so, especially, in, and Alex has talked about this, like he really hated the hiatuses because it gave people time to sit on yeah. stuff. And so he went to through a lot of effort to hide it to the point where, because the, the biggest theories were either McGucket or the Stan's brother, and there were other theories too and stuff like that, but like those were the two biggest contingencies. Not contingencies, the two biggest like sides of this argument. And so Hirsch actually had them make this image of McGucket writing in the journal that looked like it was a scene from the show, like it was done to the T with like time marks on it and everything to make it look like it was from the episode. Took that image, made a fake account, leaked it on 4chan, and then he went on to his Twitter and made a tweet of just like, God, I hate leakers. And about 15 minutes later, deleted that tweet to make it look like he, he had accidentally spoiled something from his own show. And then... The fandom went wild with that. They were like, oh my god, this leak image of McGucket and stuff like that. And then after this episode came out, he posted an image of himself just being like, I made that leak, ha! (laughs) And so, like, he went to a lot of great lengths to, like, throw fans off about this. For me personally, like, I remember exactly how I felt. Because I I do like speculating. I I enjoy speculating. I like thinking and talking and stuff like that. And I have fallen into the trap of being really invested in speculations and being disappointed. Trust. But it's very rare when you have for three years, like this, the Stan's brother theory was the biggest theory. And I would say not all, but a majority of the fandom had invested in that. So so I remember like sitting on the couch and, you know, we just had this very emotional Mabel moment. I was already super emotional. Like I had tears in my eyes because it was so gorgeous and beautiful. And then as the smokes cleared, I saw the author's silhouette and I remember physically standing up in my, from my chair. Like I was in my living room. I stood up from my couch and I stood standing watching Stan's brother come out of that portal and i started screaming like i was just like oh my god it's happening because it's so rare to have your speculations come true and to have like so much of the fandom that had invested in this be the majority right it's so rare and i've never had such a validating moment in any fandom i've ever been in to have that validation of just like, we were right, we called it, it's happening, oh my god. It was like that scene from The Office with Michael, when um Steve Carell's Michael Scott is just like, oh my god, it's happening, it's happening, everyone stay fucking calm! <laughs> It felt like that, and it was just, and I think that's part of the reason why this episode is so emotional to me, because it's it's beautifully written, it's all the character work, the animation there, the music's there, and then there's validation of three years worth of speculation, and I still, almost every episode we've recorded up to this point, I've gone back and I've rewatched the scene. So I've watched the scene 34 times, if not more, since we started recording, because oh, I- I, this is my favorite moment of this show. This moment just means so much to me. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's so emotional. Like I, the final seven minutes of this episode is my favorite moment because it just has so many layers of what this means to me. But I, I knew coming into this that you didn't have the baggage brought into this. So I was really no. interested to see how, if it would hit you differently. Yeah, it didn't hit me as hard. It didn't have time to fester. I guess, and wait about it. Maybe I should have made you wait 21 days. No. <laughs> yeah, that that last 21 days was a riot. No, we uh, actually did take, we did have about 21 days in there, 
Yeah, yeah, between the the Love God and Northwest Ministry banner. We did take a couple weeks off. But, yeah, God, that last 21 days, though, they released, they went on, like, a promo craziness. Like, there were so many commercials from Disney XD. They released online audio of um, Hirsch recording stand bits in jail, just being like, I gotta get out of here. How am I gonna get out of here? What's this written on the wall? And, like, he would read out letters, and when you deciphered the letters that said Gideon was here. <laughs> like, they went on a 21-day promotion streak for this episode. So, like, that, ugh, it, everything ramped up, and it was just, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time in the fandom. So, did you have any other notes about this episode? No, well, um, Mabel got to use a grappling hook again. The grappling hook was, once again, an important thing. Grappling hook! I just like that whole scene, too. Like, she was ready to throw down some guards and, and Dipper was like, don't you have a grappling hook? <laughs> yeah, the, the only other note I had is I really liked the little coda at the end with Stan and his brother on the swings. It was a nice little zen moment. Not a joke or anything, just a nice little zen moment. Very, very unusual in a children's cartoon. Yeah, especially because we had this whole emotional high, like we had this big finale, this big reveal, and then it's just quiet. And it's just them sitting by the ocean, and it's so nice. I didn't write it down, but I, every time the gravity rises in that final scene and everything's floating and cars are in the air, I always stop to wonder. I'm just like, how many people died? <laughs> yeah, I know. Those cars were going. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, Lumberjack guy's holding on to the car, and it's like, don't hold on to that car. You're just going to get crushed when it comes down. Don't hold on to some big, heavy thing when you're floating up, because when it comes back on, you're going to get crushed. That scene at sunset. Where it's just like, it's not even like a red sunset. It's like deep red and everything is floating and broken. And, uh, symbolism. The, the photo shatters and their house breaks. And like, oh, there's symbolism, Chris. Yeah, it's not subtle. <laughs> nope, nope, they're not trying to be. It's like, oh, there's the picture that Stan loves a different Mabel. It shatter it. <laughs> Well, did you have anything else about not what he seems? I do not. So now we're going to go on and read from the journal this week. This week, the journal is from Dipper's point of view. And it says, Stan has been arrested. Okay, that happens all the time, but this time it's serious. Remember those government agents? Turns out they're alive and they've been watching us. They said Stan stole a bunch of radioactive waste and is using it to power a doomsday machine, like some kind of supervillain. The Stan I know has never had any evil plans beyond annoying tourists. But the more I think about it, the more I begin to wonder if Stan is hiding something. I mean, Stan has lied to us every single day since we got here. And even more troubling, last night being the Northwest Mystery Mansion episode from last week, McGucket said that the repaired laptop was showing signs of some dangerous machine that was about to go off. Is it all connected? Who is telling the truth? I wish there was just one adult out there who would play it straight with me, who would tell me the truth and not lie because they think I'm too young to handle what's going on in this town. I've caught monsters, defeated ghosts, survived demonic possessions, and yet still no one takes me seriously enough to be honest with me. And now Mabel and I are trapped in protective custody, being driven to who knows where by Agent Trigger, who keeps staring at us with his weirdly intense eyes. Oh no, he just saw my journal. I hope he doesn't take classified. This piece of evidence was taken into custody by Agent Jeff Trigger. Case number 212618 for immediate shipment to Warehouse B-51. Note, book may have evidence into the true identity of Stanford Pines. Note, Stanford is in custody and will soon be taken to our superiors for questioning. Note, my hair looks good today. Justin Gentleman Gel is really working for me. Note, we're going to get raises for this. No one will ever forget the bus we did today. All right, so now we are going to connections to previous episodes and the ciphers for this episode. I knew this section was going to be packed <laughs> for this episode. I actually split them between next week because they were actually a lot there more. There were some spoilers in there, yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many more. And some of them were like were like what you would assume was throwaway gags. And they're not. <laughs> so I only did like the major ones and I'll do the rest of them next week. So, Well, of course, very obviously, the opening credits for the entire show has alluded to the gravity fluctuating in this episode. 
And there have been multiple hints prior to this episode leading up to the reveal of Stan's brother. In Headhunters, Stan's mourning the, the, the decapitation of his wax doppelganger, which was alluding to the disappearance of his brother. He was also initially shocked when he first saw the wax figure because it had been 30 years since he had seen his brother. So remember in Carpe Diem how you were talking about all the shit in the room? The one thing you mm-hmm. didn't talk about were the fucking glasses, Chris. <laughs> oh. In Carpet yep. Diem, Stan picks up a lone pair of glasses without anyone else noticing. Later on, when he's sitting alone, he is clean, cleaning the lenses with a melancholy air which when he's all by himself in the living room. Oh, missed that. You missed the glasses, Chris. I, when you were talking about episode, I was just sitting here going, he didn't get the glasses. He didn't get the glasses. He missed the glasses. Oh, my God. <laughs> he missed it. Like I said, I wasn't really trying to figure out who the, the, the mystery person was because I figured it was somebody we'd never seen. So I was trying to get, like, the symbols of, like, I was looking for all the Illuminati symbols. I know, I know. In Dreamscaperers, when they are in Stan's mindscape, the same swing set in the credits is shown in the background, but one of the seats is broken, symbolizing his lost brother. And in Stock Opera, Bill tells Mabel, I mean, who would sacrifice everything they worked for just for their dumb sibling? Which is what Stan does, possibly sacrificing the world to bring his brother back. And there are more hints, like I said, and we'll get into those next week, because all the other hints are spoilers and stuff. In the episode Blinden's Game, when Blinden Blandin is adjusting his camouflage suit, one of the images shown is the swing set on the beach from the credits. And time for the cryptograms. There are a lot of atmospheric cryptograms in this episode that don't hold any meaning to the stories. Like, for example, the government, the license plate on the government agent cards. When they're decoded, they read stuff like government. So they don't have any, like, pertaining to the plot, but there, there were a lot in this episode. The cryptogram at the end of the credits, once deciphered, reads, The Original Mystery Twins. And finally, the flashing page cryptogram, once it's decoded, reads, 30 years, and now he's back. The mystery in the mystery shack. All right, Chris, what's your speculation corner for this? I think my speculation, we sort of, we sort of, like hinted at it i i think um whatever is going on in gravity falls is happening like like one of the reasons it's you know has portals and stuff going on is because of its its natural it's like on a ley line or something it's get the and then and the gravity fluctuations are what's what's making it possible for like bill cypher to 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 mess around there and for like weird creatures to exist and it, ha- it has something to do with the the gravity it's like something that like because because stan like okay it, it sort of seems like he's causing the gravity fluctuations by messing around in there but that's when i made the connection to the town and i'm like oh so it was called gravity falls before any of this was even started so like there's probably like the native americans who live there probably had stories of when everything would float every once in a while and stuff so that's that's my speculation so we have a character a brand new character um at the end of this episode any thoughts on the author nope i can't wait to i can't wait to find out i can't wait to i i'm guessing once we started talking that he's probably the sta- he's probably stan pine he probably probably quote unquote that was his car that he died in and that might have had something to do with his disappearance or something or they or Stan crashed the car in order to steal his identity or whatever but I don't know I don't know how like I don't it must have been an accident somewhere else because if Stan Pines died in Gravity Falls how could Stan Pines still be running you know the town would figure that out so yeah can I at least tell you who voices Stan's brother? I'm guessing it's I'm guessing it's Alex Hirsch, right? No. No. Can I tell you? Who? J.K. Simmons. Okay. You don't you know J.K. Simmons? Who else does J.K. Simmons do? So J.K. Simmons was J. Jonah Jameson and the Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Oh, I love him. 
He was in Bojack oh, Horseman. He's perfect. He oh was in Veronica Mars. He's been in. He was in Oz. No, a uh, gra- uh, Veronica Mars. No, he was also in Oz, though. He was a white supremacist oh. leader in Oz. Um, he was an archer. Um, I know you haven't seen Korra, but he's the voice of Tenzin in Legend of Korra. Um, so he has Avatar ties. So yeah, like. Oh no, I'm psyched. He's he's great. He's like Arlie Ermy is one of my great like all time like manly man actors, shout, shouty man actors. He was he was the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. They should have stolen him for every other Spider-Man movie after that and just had him play J. Jonah Jameson forever because he was, like, born... He was, as far as comics go, the two perfect castings ever were him as J. Jonah Jameson and Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil that that, that were just, like, perfect. You, you've you got the person who is that person. It's done. So I'm, I'm psyched, yes. Yeah, and this is not his first. Like, he's done other, like I said. Um, he's the voice of Cave Johnson in Portal. He did, he's Mayor Lionheart in Zootopia. Like, in, I'm trying to remember what he won um, Academy Award for. Uh, oh, Whiplash. That's what it was. Whiplash. So, yeah, like, J.K. Simmons is the voice of Stan's brother. So Excellent. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so good. It's so interesting, because, like, Outside of Spider-Man, like, my first, like, real introduction to him was animation. Because, like, he, of course, I watched Crowdy Falls, and then I watched Korra, and I was just like, why does that sound a lot? And then I started delving into him. Like, he's done a lot of voice acting. The, the first time I saw him was on Oz, and he played the leader of the, the, the white supremacists in the prison. And he was a ruthless, just terror. He, I mean, acting-wise, he was um out, out of control over it but that was the first time i saw him so like it was hard seeing him after that and like getting past seeing him as a psychopathic white supremacist but then j jonah jameson erased that forever and now he's j jonah jameson yeah for forever <laughs> jjj forever i actually think he's in talks for the new spider-man movie yeah, they've they've been talking about yeah. It's it sounds like they they like the Spider Verse. It sounds like they're gonna have a lot of the different Spider Man actors together too and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, that, hey, it's fine with me. I'm on board if they got if they got Jay Jonah in there. Yeah. <laughs> now, whenever I read um from the journal, I should be I should be like Spider Man got shut down my portal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's going on here, it must be part of the spider menace. The spider menace. <laughs> yeah. So no, I like I, I'm just like looking back at the journal and like that's why so much of it like I couldn't read to you because um he would just talk about his brother. You know, he would talk about Stan and He's stuff. He's gonna see Dipper's journal entries and be like, Dipper, get in here. Dipper, this is the most boring copy I've ever seen in my life. Punch this up. <laughs> but 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 no buts get give me more there. pictures of spider-man reporter doesn't but 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 get out the door <laughs> but, but, but be like this toby guy he's hideous but he does a good job good job toby thanks guys ah <laughs> oh, speaking of thanks i do want to take a moment to thank my awesome patrons nice segue oh thanks I, you know, I, I have my occasional nice segues and stuff like that. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Of course, we know that we love you so much. We have Kate. I love you. Hey, Alex. I love you. Bree. I love you. Patrick. I love you. Lynn. I love you. Billy. I love you. Heather. Love you. Brian. Love you. Jean. Love you. And Bucho. Our new one. I love you too. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Like it means Gene so much. Gene and Butcher get extra just get extra little little douches to there. I can't Gene hope that a, Yeah, he gets a, a abbreviated da, 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 I know, but I can't hope that Gene has a whole theme song. <laughs> I what, what when you were doing it before uh, you sh- you need to get like one of those little dolls that when you squeeze their their hand they go, "I love you." And you can just like read off their name. I, oh, that'd be horrifying. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, I love my patrons. I don't want to subject them to horror. <laughs> no, thank you. So, but thank you guys so much for supporting the show. If you guys also want to support us, check out patreon.com slash experience. It really does help the show out. So thank you so much. All right, Chris, you've reached the point of no return of Gravity Falls. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm now I'm really looking, I'm actually looking forward to the next show more than I looked forward to this show because of this show. And now, now even more so that I know who's playing his, his brother, because that's going to be a joy. It was almost like when the, there was a show uh, called Ripping Friends, and they and it was a superhero show, and they would have a different you know supervillain every time. And one time they had um, the indigestible wad, and he was a piece of bubble gum that this little girl had been chewing in her mouth for years and years and years, and wouldn't take out of her mouth. And she went to the dentist, and he tried to get her to take the gum out of her mouth, and she hid it in the back of her mouth. So when she got the X-ray, it got brought back to life, and would crawl around at night and absorb people's moisture out of them and leave them all dried out zombies. But then like I'd watching the credits at the beginning and it's like the names of the voice actors and it's like, and Ernest Borgnine is the indigestible wad. And I was just like, <gasps> Borgnine. <laughs> Borgnine saying lines like, I am the indigestible wad. I need moisture. <laughs> I must seek moisture. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it on an indigestible wad level. Well, we're not there yet. So what are your final thoughts on this episode? I liked it. I liked it. It was in, incredibly well written and basically just brought every, everything, all the thematic elements for the most part outside of the Bill Cipher elements, all the character thematic elements all together and wrapped it in a bow something i'm wondering is like when we finish this show and like you have everything in context not that we're gonna do it on the show but do you think you'll go back and like rewatch the series so you can catch all the things oh probably yeah eventually yeah, one day well, you know. we have plenty to watch <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's hard to rewatch series but like i do i i do every once in a while this is the kind of one where I would rewatch it. You know, this is one that begs to be rewatched. I'm getting ready to watch the second, uh, third season, you know, the Twin Peaks Return, because it was one of those shows that, like, halfway through it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to watch this, like, three or four times. And now that I watched it all the way through, it's like, it's, it's almost like it's time for a second watching, because... Now that you know, you can see all the other stuff, you know, you can fill in different layers... Especially when you know the people who made it had it planned, had, you know, were working from the beginning. I, I feel that way too. Like, to me, like, that's part of what makes, like, this author mystery is, and, and the real reveal of Stan's brother is one of the things that makes the show, like, rewatchable because there are so many hints that have been laid down. And it makes them so easy. But I also think, like, the, the other stuff that we point out, like the gags, like, the, I always catch, like, little background stuff. I don't, I, I've seen the show, like, gosh this is probably like my 10th or 12th like watch through like i've watched the show so many times and i still catch things that i've yep. never seen before <laughs> this show just screams to be rewatched so many yep. times so yep there's certain movies certain shows that just like are, are sort of made for that and this is one of them quentin tarantino movies are like that for me they they they, they always are sort of like i never know whether i liked them or not till the second time i'm watch them and then i'm like i love this movie as for me if it's not obvious this is my favorite episode of the entire show i love this episode i it just it means so much to me the final seven minutes to me is the best of the series the final um, countdown just like they always sung about <laughs> um it has everything the animation is gorgeous the imagery is beautiful. Brad Breek really like went out of his way with the score. Like the scoring is so good. It's it's beautiful and it's emotional and it's riveting and it's I, I, I tweeted this last week when we finished last week's episode, and I tweeted that I would give anything to go back and rewatch this episode for the first time. So like like knowing you were watching it for the first time, like I just it makes me so jealous because I just, the anticipation for this yeah, well, episode. Well, since you can never go back, you just have to drag new people in and just like, 
leech off there. Le- yeah, leech off there. Get the second hand reaction. That's why everybody loves reaction videos. They're chasing the they're chasing the dragon. Yeah, the white whale. But I just I I love this episode. It means just Mabel shooting star moment. Like when I think about Gravity Falls, that's the moment I think of is that moment of her going, I trust you and just letting go and just floating up into with stars and rainbows behind her and becoming the shooting star. Like that moment is so emotional and it means the world to me. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love this. 10 for 10 would recommend. (laughs) Well, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at two true That's our website. And God, I'm hoping by the time they hear this, uh, uh, we're really close to having the new website up, so we might even have a new look. You can Woo! sign up for all our podcasts there, including J Guys and Jedi, the podcast Hope and I do about, well, we're, uh, currently we're doing it about Star Wars Resistance, and we will be doing lots of other Star Wars TV shows after that, it seems like. We'll forever. be able to do Star Wars TV shows forever and ever and ever the way they're going. So forever. Refer to that. Yeah, you can you can uh, sign up for our RSS feeds there or at iTunes, and you can also go to Facebook. And we we've not been banned or censored from Facebook at all, so you can go to the Two True Freaks podcast page and see all our podcasts we put up or you can go to the two true freaks cantina and just hang out with all the freaks and you can also to do either one of those so you can do both of those things at the same time also in twitter if you like to go to twitter which i don't so that so our twitter page is not run by me it's run by gene gene the twitter machine did it to gene Gene getting a second mention at the shout out in the show. Gene is Gene is just plastering his name all over this show. Pretty soon it's gonna be Gene Hendrix's J Guys and Jedi. Gene Hendrix episode of Hope makes Chris watch cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Gene Gene makes Hope and Chris watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Gene makes Hope make Chris watch a cartoon. <laughs> Gene's like, this is my show now. Look at me, I'm <laughs> all the captain my shows. now. I'm collecting all the shows. <laughs> all right, but that's that's where they can find me. Where can they find you? Of course, this is the animation podcast for geekygirlexperience.com. You can find all my reviews and, and things over there that I write about. Um, of course, I mentioned the patrons, uh, my lovely, 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 amazing patrons who I love so much. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash experience. You can find me on Twitter at Hope Molnax. Of course, Chris mentioned our other show, J Guys and Jedi, and I run our Twitter account for that. So that's at J Guys and Jedi. Also, this episode was recorded before we had an official Twitter account. So we have Twitter now for Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, and it is our initials. So you can find us on Twitter at HMCWC Pod, and that's short for Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons Podcast. All right, Chris, you ready for the title of next week's episode? Yes. I don't even have to look it up. I know it. It's A Tale of Two Stands. Ah, excellent. <laughs> see why I, last week I was like, do your best not to see the title of next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but even so, that could still be, you know, we had, we had, we still have the copying machine still works. So, you know, I could have been like, oh, Stan gets to the copying machine or whatever. But now I know, now I already know it's too late already now. So I know. Yeah. I think on where you watch it, I think the actual like image is the two of them. (laughs) I was like, oh no, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, no, I always sort of, I always sort of just like, like glaze over my eyes and let them go out of focus and just go click and then like start it up. Okay, good. I'm good, good. I'm, I'm I've had 20 years on the internet to know how to g- protect myself from from spoilers. I've developed many strong coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms. Well, and and actually next week is a long one. It it's other than the finale, next week what is a when it aired it was a thirty minute episode, no commercials. Oh, okay, so it's like not double size. It's just one of the ones where it's got a lot of lot of story packed into it. Yeah, they did the whole uh, thirty minutes, um, and cool. I think when it airs now, like it it with commercials, it's like 
like 40 something minutes when, yeah. when it has commercials but yeah so it's it's a full 30 minute episode and feelings lots yeah, yeah. of lots of connections to previous episodes next week guys i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure it's sort of i'm sure it's gonna be fun i'm sure it'll be partially like almost like a victory lap in a, in a way yeah I, i'm i'm excited to see what you think of it i have a lot of thoughts about the last half of this so i'm ex- i'm wondering what you're gonna think of the what it let me see like gravity the last half of the season or the last half of the next show the last half of the season. I, I have oh, okay. a, a lot of thoughts because there's one, two, three, four. There's five episodes and then the three-part finale. Okay, so we're more than halfway through. So, so I'm really interested to see what you think of, of this because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. You only have to wait a week. I know, I know, I know. You don't have to wait 21 days or three years or anything like that. And in two weeks, we have Weird Al Yankovic as a guest. <laughs> Excellent. He's a guest on everything, man. He doesn't he really care. Is. He loves doing everything. Yeah, yeah. He's he's great in that episode. He was really good at My Little Pony, too. I really like those episodes. Him and Pinkie Pie had a baby together. Spoilers for the finale of My Little Pony. They have a baby. Good for you, Pinkie Pie and Weird Al Yankovic. Sure. Nay. Okay, bye. Nay. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs>